I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Let's go! You can never take anything for granted and Celtic might just have a fight in their hands with Eddie Howe now. He's got to start yesterday. There's a massive job to get done and he needs to get in, get his sleeves rolled up and go on with it. I, I think it's important that they, they get the man in as quickly as possible, whether it's Eddie Howe or another manager, to assess the squad and identify where he needs to strengthen. strengthen. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen and John Hartson. Call now and voice your opinion 0808 Got some questions for you What are UEFA planning to do about Slavia Prague defender Andre Kudela? They've opened up disciplinary proceedings after allegations of racist abuse in the Europa League game at Ibrox against Rangers UEFA say they're investigating Glenn Kamara's behaviour too Stephen Cragen, what do you make of that and when will we get an answer from UEFA? Well, it, it seems a really hard one to work out, Rob, because you know they're obviously looking at the Glenn Kamara incident separately, which they will do, but there's no doubt that there is evidence, um, certainly around Zungu, who was next to um, Glenn Kamara when it all took place. So it should be fast-tracked. It's a serious incident. It's not something that should be put in the back burner and, and, and been allowed to tick over for the next two or three months. I mean, we had Marvin Bartley on a couple of weeks ago and he said for, for these things to really kick off and, and, and for the law to be laid down, they need to make quick decisions. They need to punish people if they're found guilty and this should be something that should be fast-tracked. More questions tonight. What are you thinking about Rangers skipper James Tavernier's two-year contract extension? And is he Scottish football's player of the season? What's your reaction to today's confirmation that new Celtic chief executive Dominic Mackay will start the job earlier than planned? And when should Eddie Howe start, if indeed he is to be named the new Celtic head coach John Hartson? Is it going to be Eddie Howe? Well, I believe so, Rob. If you believe all the um, all the press and, and all the hype and everything else, I'd be surprised now if it doesn't happen then. Put it that way. Um, and it's important that, that Eddie Howe, he's out of work currently. He's not currently working. So I don't see any reason why um, he wouldn't be having sort of conversations with Don Mackay, the new chief executive, Peter Lowell, and if if it's down to a matter of urgency, of importance, even some of the players. I just think that the decision for Don Mackay to leave the Scottish rugby uh, and start at Celtic on the 19th of April tells us all we need to know. You just get the sense that there's a big decision imminent and he wants to be in and around the club when that decision is made because you think he's going to have to build a relationship with the new manager, with the technical director, sporting director, whatever route they go, with the players, there's new signings, there's outgoings, there's a new philosophy. So there's so many things happening, John, you're spot on. And I think he needs to be in at the heart of it because when Peter Lowell leaves in the summer, he's going to have to build his relationship. So he has to be involved right from the off. And should that uh, role be filled before a football director is appointed? Mm. 
Um, what did you make of uh, kickoff time? That was sorted today in the Scottish Cup Old Firm match. That's in 11 days' time. Uh, it all starts at 4 o'clock a week on Saturday. Uh, Dundee United are at Forfer on the Friday night. Hibs go to Stranraer Saturday lunchtime. Aberdeen play Livingston on the Sunday. The other four ties in the last 16 are on Saturday at three Scotland warm-up games were announced today ahead of the Euros at the Netherlands in Portugal on the 2nd of June that's the first of those games and then Scotland go to Luxembourg four days later Okay, so that's all been uh, sorted today. That's all been decided. Lots to talk about in the next little while. And uh, hopefully I might be able to hear myself through my headphones at some stage in the next couple of hours as well as we wrestle with a few technical issues at the top of the show. It's uh, Rob McLean here. And it's Stephen Cragen and John Hartson uh, on the Go Radio Football Show for a Tuesday night. So let's talk... Um, about UEFA, uh, what UEFA have said today in terms of that uh, Rangers-Slavia-Prague uh, game and uh, the various uh, repercussions uh, on, on the back of what's happened there. They've opened uh, disciplinary proceedings. Uh, Crags, there's a, a provisional uh, one-game ban for Andre Kudela, which means that uh, he misses the their game against Arsenal. Um, but the investigation continues. We don't really have an awful lot more information than we did have, um, but they are investigating Glenn Kamara on the back of uh, reports of trial in the tunnel. Well, they, they're basically investigating Glenn Kamara because there's been accusations from Slavia Prague. So when that is in paper and when they make that uh, accusation, I think they have to follow it through. That That's protocol of what they have to do. But, you know, I touched on the Cadella one earlier that it, it, it's going on and on, Rob. You know, these things need to be taken uh, a lot faster. Decisions have to be made if they're going to stamp your foot down and really show authority on things like racism, which is huge in the game, as I said, we had Marvin in a couple of weeks ago, and and it's as if they may want to just let it drift away and, and, and be forgotten about. It has to be at the forefront of their mind. They've got to be driving this on, and I would like to think we've made some progress before now, and it's really disappointing that we will investigate, we will look at. Surely they have all the evidence there that they have needed, and it's probably been sitting in their desk now for you know a week or 10 days. And if they're not acting now and they're not moving forward, it's really, really concerning, it has to be said. If found guilty of racism, we're told uh, Kudela could face a 10-match ban. Um, and uh, as I was saying, UEFA also investigating Kamara's behaviour. Slavia uh, claimed that Kudela was assaulted in the tunnel after the match in Glasgow, which Rangers won 2-0. And of course, Police Scotland are also looking into separate allegations of racial abuse and a reported assault. Uh, so Kudela misses... Thursday's quarter-final first leg with Arsenal. Uh, however, he was expected to be absent for the game in London anyway, owing to an injury uh, sustained against Wales on duty with the Czech Republic. So, John Hartson, you saw Cadilla uh, in action uh, before he was injured in that game uh, against Wales. Yeah, um, I think going back to Glenn Kamara, Rob, I think the whole the whole thing stinks for me. I think Cadilla is is guilty as sin. You could tell that by Glenn Kamara's uh, reaction, the other players around him's reaction. No, it's only alleged at this moment in time. Um, you know, there, there, there will be, um, you know, there, there will be more action. You know, obviously leading up to the, the, the actual final decisions. But 
what's happened is they've gone into the tunnel and the Rangers players are so incensed. They're trying to probably get to Cadella. I'm not too sure if anybody was struck. We don't know, but that's what they're saying. Um, you know, he was sort of uh, punched or whatever. You know, they're coming up with that. But I think the whole thing stinks. I think Cadella. You know, I I think he's said something, and uh, this is like a smokescreen, just trying to take away all the pressure off Cudella and put that back onto Glenn Kamara, who's actually um, might well turn out to be a victim of what's happened to him in terms of with his reaction. He would never have reacted that angry if he hadn't have been, you know, allegedly racially abused. We've all got our opinion. We can all say what we think. But for me, I think it's it's a big, big... So the whole thing stinks. The way Slavia Prague are acting to this, rather than coming out and saying, Do you know what, we're going to punish our player. We're going to set a president here. We, we, don't, we don't like it either when our players, you know, racially abuse other players, allegedly. Um, and we are going to punish the player. You know, this takes a lot of sort of honesty from Kudela, which he's not showing. Um, am I surprised? No, not really. But I just feel the whole thing stinks and I think it's, it's a bit of a smokescreen on Slavia Prague's point of view. And I think we all feel that it's time for UEFA to stop mm. pussyfooting around the yep. situation. Uh, and they love their campaigns uh, and all the rest of it. They like to be seen to be doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. But doing the right thing, I think now, is taking stiff action against a club and a player so that it doesn't mm. happen again. Because if, if the punishment is minimal then it's going to continue. Yeah, it is. Listen, there's no joke. I, I, I think to back John up there, it's a, it seems like a certain deflection tactic. Mm. It seems to be coming to them and they're bouncing it straight back just to try and deflect away from what from Candela has done or said. It's quite clear it was a premeditated incident. He travelled the full length of the pitch or certainly three quarters of the length of the pitch to say something. So he's had plenty of time in that process to change his mind and not say anything. But you're right. You even really have to make a stance. You know, they invest a lot of money in, in uh, show races in the red card. They want players to wear T-shirts. They want to hold up flags. They want to take the knee. And, and, and players have had enough. Players have said the only way to stop this is to punish people when they're found guilty. It's not just to give a one-game ban or a suspended fine or a suspended ban. It has to be hard-hitting action to really try and put people off and to make them think before they say something they shouldn't be saying. And until you UEFA step up and really make that mark, then it will continue. It's the only way you'll eradicate it is to take money out of people's pockets, is to make sure they don't play for their country, is to make sure everyone in the public domain knows what they're saying, knowing what's going on. Otherwise, you're given the opportunity for someone else to set as well. I mean, I watched the game. I didn't watch the game. I saw it was a Valencia player the other night. The game was stopped and he was taken off the, the, yeah, the, 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 off the off. pitch. Yeah. And then what happens? The player doesn't come back on. He's been he claims to be racially abused. He doesn't come back on. The game continues. It's almost as if he's been punished. That he's been taken mm. off and, and taken away from the incident. When actually he was the one that was abused. So, you know, they he's, have to get it right. He's made out to be the victim. Exactly, he's made it to be the victim. Shocking. You know, he's the one who has to sit in the stand and watch the game. His team has said, you know, for his own good, we'll take him off. Well, actually, that shouldn't be the case. He was the one that was abused, so surely it should yeah. be the person who has actually said it. So, until it happens, until you really show some authority and some leadership, then they can't be taken seriously. 
What do you think about what UEFA are doing uh, regarding that uh, issue and what should they be doing? What sort of action should they be taking uh, to try to take stronger action in the battle against uh, racism, which, uh, of course, is right through society, but certainly attaches itself to football? Let us know on the socials at Go Football Show. That's the way to get in touch. Uh, 87474 on the texts. Uh, text Go and your message. And the phone number 0808 17 700. Always good to have you on the show. Always good to get you involved in the football chat. That's what we do Monday to Friday, 5 till 7, the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, the ties have been decided in terms of when, when they're going to be played in the next round of the Scottish Cup, which uh, the, th- the third round just ended last night. I was uh, shivering in Dumfries uh, watching Queen of the South against Hibs. Hibs pretty impressive uh, through to the last 16. So Next up, uh, weekend after next, Friday night for Forfer from League One against Dundee United. On Saturday lunchtime, it's Stranraer against Hibbs. 12.15 start in that one. The three o'clock kickoffs are Motherwell against Morton. St Mirren play Inverness Cali Thistle. St Johnson against Clyde. Kilmarnock versus League One Montrose. Four o'clock Saturday for Rangers and Celtic. And the fourth round concludes on the Sunday afternoon with Aberdeen against Livingston. Stephen Cragen, what do we make of a four o'clock Saturday kickoff for the Old Farm? Uh, it, it does seem a bit of a strange kickoff time when you consider the majority of uh, Rangers and Celtic games that have been played over a weekend in the last number of years. I, I couldn't tell you when the last time a Rangers and Celtic game kicked off any later than half past 12 or, or, or 12.45. So... And imagine most things have been taken into consideration. The police will have been consulted. Both clubs will have been consulted. And if the police Scotland are happy with it, then that's the reason why they've been given a four o'clock kickoff. Um, ultimately, we want to see a good game of football. The greater concern is that it gives people more time to uh, consume alcohol, which means could cause problems further on in the evening. Maybe not just even in and around the stadium, but in housing estates and schemes. We hope that's not the case. We hope that we can be talking about the game of football after it. But it was a bit of a surprise when it became four o'clock. But I think all the focus has to go onto the game. And if everything's been okay from both clubs and Police Scotland, then I think we have to roll with it. We're getting used to, uh, we have been getting used to, John, uh, 12 o'clock kickoffs or 12.30 pretty regularly for for Rangers and Celtic. So it is a bit of a surprise to see a four o'clock. And I guess the big fear is that it's four hours more drinking time. Well, yeah, but if you kick off at 12, it doesn't stop people getting up at eight o'clock and having their first drink, does it? No, true. But if you start at eight and it's four, that's even longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that was then rough. You'd be on your knees by then. But uh, no, I agree with Craig's. It's uh, you know, it's uh, I I I'm with um, with Stephen in terms of it does it is unusual because normally these games do take uh, kick off earlier in the day. Some of these games have kicked off eleven o'clock before now, half past eleven, which. Uh, Obviously, avoids then you know the drinking culture and everything else, and both you know both sets of fans getting angry and um, and and this that and the other. So um, no, I'm a bit surprised. It's it's four o'clock, um, but obviously the authorities must feel confident 
that uh, the, the the fans will will obviously adhere to the rules and the regulations and, and not and not sort of um, you know play up as we've seen before. There's news today, John, that Dominic Mackay, the incoming Celtic chief executive, is going to be taken up his appointment a bit earlier than planned. Peter Law leaves in July, and it was expected that uh, the man from Scottish Rugby would be coming in at that point. But he's now going to be coming in just in a ten days' time, a couple of weeks' time, to work alongside Peter Lowell before his departure. And that seems to make a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? it makes a lot of sense. I think it's very wise. Um, Dominic Mackay, they must have had talks and Dominic Mackay could have come up with the idea, look, let me come in early, let me start early, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to get going. We know there's so much to organise and to arrange in terms of players going, players leaving, um, you know, things like that. So it's a, it's a really, really wise decision for Celtic to allow Dominic Mackay to join on the 19th of April get involved with all the talks, players leaving, players coming, new manager arriving, everything else, what what budgets are going to be done. You know, I think Dermot Desmond will be involved in all these conversations as well. You know, the, the, the major shareholder, Dermot Desmond. And I think it's a really good decision, a really positive decision that he's starting early, but then he officially starts as the new CEO on July the 1st when Peter Lowell leaves. So it's only, it's only a case of coming in, seeing what's going on, offering his, you know, his intelligence and learning of these guys. But then officially, July the 1st, he will become the new CEO. And the question then, of course, is uh, when does Eddie Howe start? And, and is he starting? Is he the man? Um, there's been plenty of noise, Craigs, hasn't there, around Eddie Howe over the last week or 10 days, mm-hmm. tending to suggest uh, he is going to be the man for Celtic. Will that be end of season? Or will he get involved earlier as well to, to start triggering some transfer business? You'd imagine if it was, you know, if I was Eddie Howe, I'd want to get in ASAP. I don't want to get in amongst the squad, in amongst the players, because you have to judge them on personality, on input, because if this player's going to be leaving the football club, you want to have a look at those players and think, well, do you know what? No, I actually quite like him. I quite like his attributes. I think I can work with him. Let's keep him for another year. Let's give him an extended contract because I want him part of my squad. And if you don't get that vibe with someone as in watching them in training or getting that vibe when you have a conversation with them, then you can't make a decision on that player in June because you've never spoken to him before. You've watched videos and watched clips of him. But you learn about a player when you see them about the training ground, how they train, how they act, how they treat other people, how uh, you know they get on with you and do they fit into your philosophy of what you want to do. So I think that's the bigger picture. Eddie Howe will want to be involved ASAP. It may be stepping on the toes a little bit of John Kennedy, but if Celtic believe he is the man that is going to take them forward and try and regain the title next season from Celtic, uh, sorry, from Rangers, they're going to give him money to invest in the squad he has to be in and get a feel for what's going on around the place and, and, and make decisions that will benefit him in the long run. So I think as soon as possible for Eddie Howe. So already we're talking about Eddie Howe, we're talking about Dominic Mackay, we're talking about that four o'clock Saturday kickoff for Celtic and Rangers in the Scottish Cup. We're talking Andre Kudela and what will the UEFA punishment be for the Slavia Prague player? There is so much to talk about. James Tavernier has just signed a new two-year deal with Rangers. That's next. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
And it's Rob McLean, Stephen Cregan and John Hartson on a Tuesday from now till 7. We're talking football and you can talk football with us. 0808 17 17 700 on the texts. Go on your message to 87474 and on the socials. The way to get in touch is at Go Football Show. Uh, plenty on the agenda uh, tonight. We've got through quite a lot in the first 20 minutes and uh, we haven't yet spoken about James Tavern the Rangers captain has signed a two-year contract extension which will keep him at Ibrox until the summer of 2024. He's 29 and he moved to Rangers from Wigan in 2015 and he scored 63 goals. It's incredible, isn't it? In 284 appearances, 17 of them this season. Uh, but he's been out injured, of course, since uh, mid-February. Uh, I think his leadership qualities, it's fair to say, have grown uh, with the passage of time as well. Uh, the very fact that uh, Stephen Gerrard uh, has the utmost trust in Tavernier, Stephen Craig, and I think tells you everything. Yeah, well, I think it was a no-brainer for him uh, to sign the contract and also a no-brainer for Rangers to offer him it because, you know, you think what he's been through, it's, it's took him almost six years to win his first major trophy. I don't imagine it was in his mind, well, I'll jump ship and go somewhere else. You know, he's been through an awful lot. He never shied away from the, the criticism that he received, uh, that the fact that Rangers hadn't won games, had lost some heavy ones against Celtic. They went out of uh, near corn in, in Europe. So he suffered an awful lot. So now when the tip of the iceberg, when it's starting to look good, it made sense for him to continue. You know, you talk about leadership. Some people lead by by their voice and their presence. He leads by how he plays on the pitch. He carries the fight. He grabs the ball. He gets after the game. He's energetic. He's up and down the pitch. I think his defensive side of the game has improved over the past 12 months. Hence the reason why Rangers have kept more clean sheets. And how Steven Gerrard wants to play with open attacking uh, fullbacks, he fits the bill. And I don't think there's anyone else Nathan Patterson will eventually you know, come through and will probably play the same amount of games as, as James Tavernier. But at this moment in time, he's the main man on that right-hand side. So it makes absolutely complete sense. I think it's a very good bit of business. I think these are ominous signs, John, as well, aren't they, for, for the opposition, for Celtic, who obviously want to come back at Rangers very quickly next season in terms of the, the title race. Uh, you look at the, the pieces that Rangers are already adding to the jigsaw with the two from Bournemouth. Scott Wright is in, making a big impression at the moment, uh, signed from, from Aberdeen Alan McGregor has signed for another season now it's another two years for, for James Tavernier they're building here Rangers from a position of strength aren't they? Yes and they did similar didn't they last season before the season kicked off you know they brought in a couple of good players um, Kemar Roof Itzen for example um, they kept hold of the likes of Kent the likes of Morelos um, and this won't be the only one, uh, James Tavernier, who's been outstanding, um, in particular at the start of the season this year. And I know he's got 62 goals, a lot of them are penalties, but you've still got to, still got to put them penalties away, high-pressure penalties. And I agree with Craig's, you know, he's got great delivery from that right hand. So he's very calm in possession. He's just a really good footballer. So he's a good signing uh, for Rangers, you know, an extra, you know, add into his contract. Um, and it just goes to show the importance of Don Mackay coming in and, and, Ed, and, and introducing the manager because they've got to get to work. They've really got to get to work on, on the, the Celtic situation in terms of who's leaving, who's... I think we have a fair idea of, you know, three or four that, that will possibly leave, Edouard being one of them. Uh, everything else is up in the air, really, how much they'll get for them, what what do they want them to go. You know, there's been players that have been there now for seven or eight years, did very well for the club. 
Will they stay? Will their agents want them to go? So there's an awful lot to sort out from Celtic's point of view. But no, in terms of Steven Gerrard, he's committed to the club. They're allowing him to bring in players. Obviously, that says he's going to stay. You know, the, the rumours about moving on to Liverpool, that's put to bed. He knows that, you know, the fans know that they've got Steven Gerrard as their manager. And they'll go into next season full of confidence and it's up to Celtic to to react. You know, we're all looking for a big reaction by sign-ins. Rob, don't think that other clubs wouldn't have been looking at James Tavernier. There's absolutely no doubt no. teams in the top half of the Championship looking to get into the Premier League. And I would imagine teams in the lower half of the Premier League thinking, he can do a job for us. You know, his stats are incredible. The distance he covers in games. So he will have been catching people's eye. And Stephen Gerrard said after they won their title, after they clinched the title, they said, this is just a start. And I think that message has been reiterated to the Rangers fans. This is the start because he's our club captain. He's the guy I trust to lead the team and he's now signed an extension. So I think it's good news. John was talking about uh, the prospect of Eddie Howe incoming at Celtic and uh, uh, assembling a, a backroom staff as well. And I know that's something that uh, Regan wants to talk about. Regan's phone to 808 Hi, Regan. Oh, okay, you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Let's just wait um, well, we were going to. Oh, thank you, Regan. How's your singing voice, Craigs? Can we give John a quick happy birthday? Are you okay for a. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Oh, don't be daft. Don't be daft. What, how many is it? How many years? Well, how many have you clocked up? I'm 46, mate. Right. Okay. Said, so, you, so you've changed from that 44 you gave us earlier. I've a few operations in that time. Beating cancer in that time. Yeah, I know. I know. You said 44. I know. Every, bir- every birthday is a big one for you, no doubt about that, in terms of what you've been through. Yeah, yeah, Regan, well. what would you like to say? What would you like to ask John Hartson? So, I just want to ask obviously, I've heard about Strachan uh, and Kennedy have stayed on to help mm-hmm. Eddie Howe. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how that would work because obviously, that, 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 that was a downfall of Neil Lennon because obviously, Neil Lennon wasn't allowed to, to bring his own backroom team in. And then obviously, you've got the thing of. Certainly, the board could need to learn the lesson from the last time because they can't mm. go around the same route. What do you think about that, John? The, 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 well, the, there there is a pretty Reagan, strong rumour, isn't there? Reagan, that, that Reagan, I think you make a, a, a brilliant point. I've got to be honest with you because. You know, it it was it was reported that Neil Lennon had to work with with John Kennedy, and then um, Gavin Strachan came in. Um, so you know, for me, I think Eddie Howe, John Kennedy may well stay on, but I'm not too sure Reagan whether he will keep his position as first team coach. Gavin Strachan will still do the stats, and um, you know, he he will look at different formations and corners for corners against and maybe set players up in terms of how they defend set pieces the set pieces for Reagan but I would imagine that Eddie Howe will bring at least one or two staff along with him and again if John Kennedy is going to keep his role it won't be the role in my opinion possibly you know, Eddie Howe might want John's, you know, uh, he might just want him at the club because he might be somebody that he could, he could, you know, learn from in terms of asking him things about players and characters and cliques and things like this. So I would imagine that I'd be very, very surprised if he didn't bring any staff with him. And as I said, I don't see why not John can stay on, but maybe not 
directly as Eddie's assistant. If you yeah, know and, I mean. that, and that might not appeal to him as well. And and maybe that might be part of the plan. Who knows that uh, whatever John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan are offered, Crags mm-hmm. might not suit them in terms of where yeah. they are in the pecking order and what specifically they're doing as part of that coaching setup. Um, yeah. And and maybe maybe they'll feel forced out by that. Well. That's something that will come in the future. You just wonder is a little bit of bargaining power there for Eddie Howe because he wants to bring in Richard Hughes as the technical director. You just wonder at some stages there a bit of saying, well, I would like to bring him. Well, you bring him, but you maybe have to work with the two that we have. Yeah. You know, yes, you can bring a first team coach and assistant manager with you, but we would like to, you know, you work with the existing staff. I don't think there's any doubt that John Kennedy is getting the reputation of being a very good manager, or sorry, potential of a very good manager, and certainly by all accounts is a very good coach. So Eddie Howe will have to work that out for himself. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie Howe at some stage has given Brendan Rodgers a phone call and asked him about the attributes of John Kennedy. You know, why did you keep him on? By all accounts, Brendan would like to have taken him to Leicester City. He stayed at Celtic. So, you know, there was a lot of talk about Eddie doing his due diligence and I would imagine phone calls have went in. So if Eddie Howe is quite happy to come in with work with John Kennedy and John Kennedy is quite happy with that role, you're right in what you say, Rob. John Kennedy might think, well, do you know what? If this is not going to work or I'm not moving forward, I would like to go and be a manager in my own right. And that could maybe sway John Kennedy's mind in the future if a job opportunity comes up. But I'd be surprised if a coach, it was up to you to leave Celtic because you don't go to many bigger clubs in, in, in the UK with Celtic. And I think John Kennedy would like to stay there as long as he possibly the, could. The other thing is as well for me, the boy Tyndall, who uh, took over the Bournemouth job when Eddie Howe was mm. sacked. He took over Bournemouth when they got relegated in the Championship. Now he's been sacked, so he's currently out of a job. Now him and Hedy worked very well together at Bournemouth in the Premier League. Um, but you wonder if there's been a crossover job with uh, him taking the job. And No, I think Eddie know. might have said, take the job, the, well, take the job while I'm out of the game. Hmm. But uh, Jonathan Woodgate is there currently now on, on an interim. I'm not sure if they've appointed him full-time. Um, but there was talk of Henri, yeah. there was talk of other managers mm. in Bournemouth. Still, they might even be still looking, I'm not quite sure. What's, what's interesting Tindall, as well? What's Tindall interesting? is out of a job yeah. now. Eddie Howe's a, a you know, trusted assistant. Yeah. So he comes into play as well he, now. He does. What, what, what's interesting is, as you were talking there, Craggs, uh, talking about Eddie Howe bringing Richard Hughes with him, uh, now you, you would, in many respects, expect that operation to happen the other way around, wouldn't you? You would expect the football director to come in and then appoint the head coach rather than the other way around. But maybe that tells us where the where the power lies in this arrangement. Well, we've spoke about it. Listen, we've had many people on the show. I spoke about it on a Tuesday night. And, and, and the theory has always been that the, the, the club appoint the technical director or the sporting director or the director of football and they then appoint the manager. So it does seem a bit strange with Eddie Howe bringing him in. But what you then have to take into consideration is it needs to be a smooth transition because there's so much work to do. We've mentioned that. Dominic Mackay's coming into a new role. You know, there's going to be new players, Eddie's new philosophy. He needs as many people around him for to make the transition as smooth as he possibly can to hit the ground running. He doesn't want to be having to try and deal with a sporting director or a technical director he doesn't really know. He's trying to deal with the chief executive or CEO and Dominic Mackay doesn't really know. He's dealing with players that he's still trying to get the grips with them. So there's so many things. So he may have sold it to them and said, well, I'll bring Richard Hughes, a technical director, because there's a smooth transition. He knows the players, we know what we're looking for and it will help smooth everything out over. You'd imagine that's what Eddie's put forward to them. And if yeah. they're quite happy with that, then I'd imagine they will go with it. But it does seem strange because normally the club then would appoint that kind of uh, personnel or that job specification. It just means then if Eddie goes and Richard Hughes goes in two or three years' time, they're back to square one. So I think they have to be mindful of that. And the other thing as well for me is in all this little short space of time, two or three months, 
Eddie's got to build a team. Yeah. He's got to build a team that are going to be competitive. Yeah. There's going to be players leaving. There's going to be players coming in. The type of player that you need to come and play for Celtic um, with that mentality who can deal with, who's used to winning games because you have to win. Uh, we heard from Paul Lambert a couple of weeks ago on this show saying it's imperative that he bounces back. He wants him to win the league in his first season. Well, you don't have so uh, warm up time, do you? You got all this going on, Rob, and and Eddie has to, you know, yeah. he has to go and try and build a team to, you know, to claw back the title from Rangers next season. Well, you kicked off a great old debate there, Regan. Thanks for your call. Good question. Uh, all the best. Take care Cheers, of yourself. Um, that's Regan uh, asking about the the backroom situation at Celtic. How that's all going to come together uh, since you were last in the studio John of course Scott Brown has made the decision he's announced that he's going to be at Aberdeen next season as player coach part of uh, Stephen Glass uh, Glass's new management team Alan Russell the England strikers coach is going to be in there as well but what about Scott Brown leaving Celtic how, how do you explain that is is the, uh, you know what you know Celtic offered him a one year deal should they have given him a two year deal and match matched what Aberdeen were offering him or did he read the signs Scott Brown maybe from incoming Eddie Howe and and figured that he wasn't going to be as big a factor for Celtic next season as he felt he should be either on the pitch or off it well first of all I think Scott Brown has been a a wonderful servant for Celtic Um, he's very much well respected both off the field by the supporters absolutely adore him mainly because of his success the players loved him because of his leadership on the pitch and after 14 years at the club 11 titles countless other trophies European appearance you know record European appearance holder for Celtic um, given everything for the football club he's earned the right I think at this moment in time to decide what he wants to do Um, I think his friend his good friend Stephen Glass was joining Aberdeen. I think what's happened there is that Stephen Glass have said to Scott, "Look, you can take number of sessions. You can still fit. You can still play because you you're still fit enough to play." Yeah. And Scott Brown might have said, "Yes, I still want to play. I still feel I can. I can offer a lot." You know. Uh, in terms of Celtic, it's reported that they only offer him a one-year deal. I, d- I don't know how true that is. Um, Should Celtic have pushed the boat out to keep Scott Brown in some shape or form at a time when they're going through a major transition? I don't know, Rob. He's 35. Um, Is he going to play every week at Celtic? Probably not. But do you not want him there in some shape or form? Whatever he's doing. I'm just asking the question, you know, because he's just been, he's been such an integral part of the Celtic success story. Do you just close the door and say, right, that's it, we're moving on, it's now a new era? Or can he actually help Celtic through, could he have helped Celtic through a really difficult time? Yeah, but does he want to stay at Celtic and be a bit part player? Does he want to be, you know, maybe not get in the team? Eddie Howe might have had conversations um, with the club to say, look, I've, I've got a fantastic eye. I've got an eye on a, on a, on a centre midfield player. Um, Scott's game time might have been limited. You know, I don't want to sit here and create headlines and run Celtic Football Club down for not offering Scott Brown a two-year deal. For what, for all we know, they might well have done. I think Scott wanted wants to get into coaching, and I think Stephen Glass is a friend of his. He's offered him a really good contract, a two-year deal at Aberdeen. And Scott obviously sees this as a huge opportunity for him to go and do some coaching, be allowed to take the, the sessions on the training pitch, still play, and he's got two years. I think this could be 
you know, in terms of his development as going on as a young coach, you know, this could be the ideal move for him. But it's it's up to Scott. Scott had the opportunity to sign the year contract at Celtic if it was offered to him. Instead, he's gone and joined Aberdeen. So that, I think he's had he's earned the right to do what he wants to do, Scott Brown. The good news for Celtic is that James Forrest is back on the scene and back with a bang at the weekend as well as they beat Falkirk to move towards that meeting with Rangers in the Scottish Cup. We're going to talk about that. Also, the impact Scott Wright has made at Rangers in the last few weeks as well. Champions League football tonight. Manchester City against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Real Madrid against Liverpool, which probably means Glen Torren are playing tonight as well. They Carrick, I would imagine. They're, they're away to Balamina, so I'm going home to watch Balamina again. Against Glenshorn. Big matches tonight. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. The Tuesday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. It's good to have your company talking football uh, between now and seven. And certainly plenty to talk about. Uh, Scottish football, the gift that keeps giving, really. Uh, what's been happening today? Well, Dominic Mackay is going to be joining Celtic earlier than planned as the new chief executive. Uh, so he will be working in tandem with. Peter Lowell for a while after leaving Scottish rugby. UEFA have opened proceedings against both Andre Kudela and Glenn Kamara after uh, what happened during the Europa League match at Ibrox. James Tavernier, the Rangers captain, he signed a two-year extension to his contract. He's now tied to the club till 2024. The Old Firm game in the Scottish Cup a week on Saturday will be a four o'clock kickoff. And Scotland have announced a couple of uh, warm-up matches ahead of uh, the Euros. They will play Netherlands. That should be uh, fairly straightforward, I would have thought. Uh, That game's in Portugal. And then Scotland go to Luxembourg. Let's talk to uh, Rob McLean in the studio, just in case you've forgotten. Stephen Cragen and John Hartson as well. And we've got Sean in Gathamlock on the line. Hi, Sean. Hi there, guys, and uh, a big, massive happy birthday to young John Hartson. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Sean. It was yesterday, but thank you very much. Yeah. How, yeah, was, your, how, how, how was your walk around Hoganfield Loch? Oh, it was good. I only done two laps, but after that, Rob, many laps could you do in Hoganfield? I'd be in the loch, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it sounds good. Sounds good. Lovely day. And what would you like to say, Sean? Well, I'm happy, a happy fan because I just come on Go Radio and Sky Sports. When I just came in and fun out Tavernier signed for Rangers, so uh, signed a new contract with Rangers for another two years. I'm happy with that because I think he's been definitely uh, challenging for a uh, player uh, the SPL for the season. Challenging for a player of the season, but is he? Is he? Do you think player of the season? Sure. Um, well, it's him. It's either between Alan McGregor, Goldston, and Tavernier. So it's out of the three, and any of the three we get, it, I'm happy for that. John Hartson, you were just mentioning there um, off air a couple of minutes ago that that maybe you know you might be affected by the fact that James Tavernier hasn't played since I think mm. mid February it was so he so he's missed a, a clutch of games just now but he'd he'd built up a fair few credits hadn't he to that well, point? Well, the thing is, Craig's then corrected me. I, sh- I should have should have known this because I've been lucky enough to win both players player. And, oh, and here players. he goes! Oh, yeah, here I'll he goes! But I think the votes are. are Handed in and counted 
before January or January well, it's time? A bit, it's a bit February, March, I think, roughly oh, around about that time. And so he just if, kind of if that was out. the case, then Tavernier would have cleaned up because of obviously yeah. all his goals and his performances and the lead that Rangers were able to have you know, on Celtic at that time. They sort of stole a march and went 15, 16, 17 points clear with him in the team, with him scoring you know, and delivering you know, crosses into the box with that great quality that he has. Um, but I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you, Sean. I think Alan McGregor, how, how many great saves has he made at yeah. crucial times this season? So it's one of those things where Rangers have been fantastic this season. You know, they've dominated, they've been the best team, did very well in Europe. And there's three or four. There really is three or four that, that you yeah. could pick and say they are potential winners. You, you know, Sean mentioned Golson, Stephen Davis as well. well by that's the, way. the one I was going to yeah. go with. How good has yeah. Davis been? Yeah. So listen, Tavernier for his goals and everything else, he's been rewarded with a with an extension to his contract. Yes, I get it. But for me personally, I said in here a couple of weeks, I think Golson is a rock. He's become a rock at the back, yeah. taking responsibility. Um, made a couple of saves, uh, sorry, made a couple of mistakes in recent years, which cost Rangers points. But he's eradicated that side of his game out of it now. So he would be mine yeah. personally. But again, it's, it's going to be down I'll to I'll tell you another one who brings Glenn Kamara. Yeah, you know, I've generally got to say, player of the, really, player yeah, of the season. Honestly, yeah. it's just such a gifted footballer. Yeah. There's five, there's you know, five, know, you know, candidates. Well, there. well, and, 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 and Ryan, Ryan Kent as yeah. well. I think Ryan one. Kent's had little moments where he yeah, went and he yeah. came off it and yeah. back up. But, but I think the fact yeah. that so many have been consistent. I mean, Celtic were winning the league two, three, four years in a row. Their players were all nominated for Player of the Year because the best players are normally in the team that wins the league. And that's why there's so many Rangers players being spoken about. But Glenn Kamara, just if you watch him up close, how he takes the ball, how he receives it as a young midfield player, being able to play with his back to goal, being able to play side on in the game, or being able to play the game face on. It's how he receives the ball, both feet, how he twists and turns, seldom gives the ball away. You know, it's probably like Stephen Davis. He goes under the radar a little bit. Mm. But when the big games come around, Steven Gerrard always picks it to them because he knows he'll look yeah. after and the ball who, and he trusts him well. Um, who was the last goalkeeper? To win this because you know it normally goes to forwards or midfielders. Yeah. Or, so Forster would be you know, somewhere along the line you'd imagine. Maybe James, our producer, would be able to have a look. Oh, that would yeah, let's put a little bit of pressure on James, the producer, to, to, to find the last goalkeeper uh, to be player Fraser of the year. Forster, would, I think would Andy, Andy going further? I mean, Andy Gorham probably going further back. Would he have been a player of the year at some oh, he stage? Will, he will. I, have been, I, would, I would have thought so. But uh, you were making an interesting point there, Craig, about Glenn Kamara, and I'm wanting to ask Sean. Uh, you know, is he? We're talking new deals here for Tavernier and and for McGregor last week. Is he one that Rangers fans would be pretty eager to see tied up on a new deal, Glenn Kamara? Because there have been murmurings about other clubs having a look. Well, I, I would like to get him tied up a new deal because um, he's one of his rival clubs. Um, is looking at him doing in London, Arsenal. I heard Arsenal were considering, that, and that's where that's club. where he started. Of course, he came through the yeah. youth system at Arsenal. So I, I definitely would get him tied up in a new club. I don't know if he ever played for Arsenal like the first team, did he, Rob? No, I don't think no, so. Don't no, think he was so, no. he was young at that stage. But I mean, you can see in the way he plays mm. that he's been really well schooled. Yeah, yeah. Listen, he's a big asset, and financially, clubs will want to ban for big money, which is why when you look at the that the work Stephen Gerrard and, and and the board have done since Stephen came in, they've brought in Joe Rebo for free. Maybe paid him a little bit more than what they would like to have done, but he's an asset suddenly they can sell on. They brought in um, Glenn Kamara, another one, you know, for, for next to nothing from Dundee, hoping he would improve. So they know the market they're shopping in. And this is now where Ross Wilson becomes important. Jack Simpson came in in the summer. Scott Wright's now came in. The four come in on a free. Well, 
he wouldn't have a resale value would be the only thing but I'm talking mm. about bringing players in that have a resale value yeah. and they can enhance their reputation they can put them in the shot window the problem is they start doing well the fans become attached to them mm. and they want them to stay mm. but Rangers have a business model well someone will have to go I would imagine they'll have to sell someone this summer yeah mm. Barry Ferguson you reckons know? maybe nobody uh, he, he reckons well, maybe Rangers might, might just decide you know unless they get a crazy offer of yeah. course that they're going to keep everybody because they're going to throw plenty at qualifying for the Champions League next season uh, and making an impact there it's, a, it's, a, it's not a bad headache to have as a manager is there you you want to be in a position where you've got players competing with each other on the training ground so that the training becomes fantastic everybody's at it because they want to play on a weekend and top teams generally have two players for each position yeah you know, especially with all, all the games, you know, especially in Europe and, and, and obviously domestically. But as don't well. you think the game against Slavia Prague showed you that was the limit for Rangers, that squad? For them to go a little bit further again, you know, Slavia Prague weren't in the Champions League. For them to go a little bit further again, they might need to invest and bring players in. Mm. So to generate that money, someone you would think is going to have to go out to try and bring that money in. They allow although, to strengthen although the maybe, maybe Krags against Slavia Prague, Rangers' performance level dipped below where they'd been, for instance, against yeah. Benfica uh, in, the, in some of the group games. You know, I don't, I don't think yeah. Rangers against Slavia Prague were, were hitting that sort of level. Maybe. No, they weren't. They weren't. But what I'm saying is, then, you know, the manager might have looked and thought, well, we need something different. We need an extra player in a forward area, someone with a bit more pace. We can't just always rely on Ryan Kent. We might need more of an out-and-out right winger similar to Kent on that side so you've got two threats coming from there you might need a number 10 who can you know add a few more goals or do something a little bit different you know so you'd imagine they'll be th- you know they'll be trying to weigh up yeah. what they need to bring in to take that next step forward you, you would think that unfortunately for Rangers fans you would think that one has to go I think one has to go you know like stage. a Morales like a Kent and a, people will be saying oh my god don't say that you know we need these players and we need to add better players to the good players you know, that we've got now of equal quality but um, I would have thought you know the, the the owners would have been saying to Stephen Gerrard yeah we can bring him in we can bring him in but hold on a minute we need to recoup some back from somewhere. Yeah, they're certainly backed uh, Stephen Gerrard so far. That is uh, for certain. Sean, what do you think about uh, Rangers in the Scottish Cup? Do you think uh, it's going to be a League and Cup double? Um, aye, I'll say yes. Don't have to. Sorry, sorry, big man. Uh, Sean, to, listen, you can have your opinion, mate. You, That's you, what wouldn't you, wouldn't say, you, you wouldn't say that if you were standing here talking <laughs> to my tie. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but see, to be honest, see, to be honest, Rangers are way good in the league. Seeing a cup, uh, a, like a cup game, it can go anywhere. You can be the best mm. team in the league, and the other team wins, or vice versa. But the only thing I'm raging about the cup game is a former cloak. That's dinner thing for me. No twenty thing. <laughs> so Rob, Rob, you could get that change because, as you know, party premier. Like one of your other I can. I'll. I'll put in your. I'll relay your request, Sean, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Because you're a pretty yeah. big name in the media business you yourself. I sell for one. Good hearing from you. Take care of yourself. Cheers, Scott. Guys, take care. All, all the best. And of course, uh, Stephen Davis, uh, one very much involved in that uh, debate about player of the season. And you watched him during your international travels, Crags, mm-hmm. winning cap number 126. Uh, in, he, in terms of men's football, yeah. he's he's, the, he's the, the best. Yeah, I mean, he's the, I think he's the British record holder now, yeah. isn't he? Um, he's playing international football for 16 and a half years. 
you know, which is an incredible dedication from him. And ultimately, you're playing the game you love, but representing your country. It would have been easy for him at sometimes to say, I'm not going, I'm injured, I don't feel right. He turns up time after time. A wonderful example for football in Northern Ireland, for young aspiring f- footballers, male and female, to try and emulate Stephen Davis. And certainly for me, he had been the top three or four for, for Player of the Year in Scotland. Simplicity personified. Stephen Davis, record breaker. That's an hour of football chat and another hour to come after the news at six. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Welcome back to the Go Radio Football Show. <laughs> into the second hour sometimes you get chatting off air and uh, you lose all track of where you are in the show but I do like that I do like the theme music to the show and sometimes you just want to let it run a little bit and just let heed a little bit more of it Craggs what do you reckon? Yeah listen Rob I'm with you we've become used to this over the past seven or eight months so long may continue <laughs> it just gives us an extra couple of seconds to yeah. sort ourselves out get ourselves back on track and I tell you what you know you said it earlier Scottish football it keeps on giving every day there's always a story or a headline we haven't even spoken with James Forrest or Scott Wright who potentially we want to talk about mm. it's been so busy it's been great Let's talk about James Forrest and Scott Wright because you watched, obviously, Celtic Falkirk in the Scottish Cup, John, at the weekend as Celtic won their way through. It was difficult for a little while uh, Mm. against Falkirk, but they got there in the end. And I guess the headline story out of it was the first start in a long time for James Forrest and uh, back among the goals and and just doing what he does. And and, and you do see from his contribution, don't you, how much Celtic have missed him? Yeah, they've missed him. They've missed him. Uh, missed him. They've missed his power going forward. They've missed his ability crossing, picking people out, um, scoring goals. That blistering pace he's got down that right hand side. He can go round the outside and cross it to the back post. He can cut inside. He's added goals to his game. So he has been a huge loss. Whether or not it would have made a difference, I don't think so. But obviously, he's a quality player that Celtic have missed. Um, delighted to see him back, Rob. I know Jamesy very well. He was a young kid, a uh, young, young kid when I was there just leaving. Um, and as I said, delighted for him because he's, you know, he's had a, a bad injury. He's come back. And uh, he's he's one of Celtic's you know best performers when he's at it. So he's been a big loss. Delighted to see him back. It's this interesting. Was, so it's just interesting gonna... you say that because you said that you know would he have made a difference? Would he have stopped them winning the stopped Rangers winning the league? He might not have, but I don't think it would have been over at the start of March. I generally think the quality he has, he would have added more goals, more assists. He would have given Neil Lennon another option to play four three three and have an out and out winger. They've missed that one player I mean John Kennedy summed it up brilliantly when he spoke after the game on Saturday he said he's an eliminator he takes people out of the game and I don't think Celtic had enough of those guys why don't we listen to John Kennedy saying that here he is absolutely delighted again I've said that he's ultimate professional looks after his body and he's had a tough time this season in terms of from his injury so it was good to have him back it was nice to have him off the bench the last couple of games but to get him out there and starting and in the end he started to show what he's all about look at the flash of the first half but I thought second half especially a couple of moments it was James Forrest you know that elimination that threat going in the goal and he's probably a bit frustrated and didn't score a second with the chance he had but delighted he got in the score sheet delighted he got the minutes in his legs and that'll be good for the, the squad 
squad moving forward. That was just what you were saying, Craigs, wasn't that? Yeah, I love that word, elimination. Yeah. Is that, yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah, well, just, elimination. Yeah, he takes people out of the game just by. Mm. But he looked hungry. You know, you, you think back the last five or six years, James Forrest has been racking up mid fifties, early sixties games mm. every single season, international games, not having a break. And you just wonder is this little break allowed him to kind of regroup, refreshing up the mind, freshen up the body? Because okay, it was Falkirk, and I understand it was an understrength Falkirk team, so we've got to be careful how how far we go in this. But he looked really hungry, the sharpness, the way he floated about the pitch, and he played as a second striker, but he was allowed to roam all over the place. Mm. And Scotland play that way. Yeah. And there's been question marks to whether James Forrest will make the squad. James Forrest should be in the team. Yeah, for me at the Euros the team not even the squad the no. team he should be in the 11 and then it would be a question of how you use him how you use him but he also brings that versatility where mm. if Steve Clark wants to change in game to a 4-3-3 or he wants to go you know a 5-3-1-1 he can play in that role he can play wide in the left wide in the right he can play as a second striker he can play as a striker he's played it under Neil Lennon he can play as a number 10 so his versatility allows Steve Clark to tinker in game without having to make a substitution that was something John Kennedy spoke about as well. And even for Scotland, I think Stevie will know this. He's a big player. And guys like him who eliminate have that attacking threat, it's important to have. In, in terms of Stevie's squad, I'd be very surprised if he didn't make it anyway. But in terms of for us, he's obviously a big player and it's great to, that he's getting back to, to his fitness again. That was for you, John, just to hear the word eliminate again, which I know you, yeah. you like so much. But uh, yeah, he's massive for Scotland, isn't he? And in and, and different positions. I mean, he's played wing back at times. Uh, you can play him further forward mm. on that right hand side. Although, or as Craig says, maybe play him in behind Che Adams in the, in the number 10 position. So you could play him lots on, of options. You can play him on the left when he cuts in on his right foot. You can play him through the middle, just off. On the right, you could use him as a wing back on the right hand side if you're going to play with three centre halves. Got a great engine. And the one thing I like about James Forrest is every time he gets the ball, he looks to go forward. He very rarely sort of plays it, unless he plays it back, to spin, you know, over the full back or the centre half. Generally, he's always he's a positive play. He wants to make things happen all the time. If it's if it's a nil-nil and until they could just having a bit of an off day with the strikers, keep the opposite keeper is making great saves and things like this. Jamesy Forrest will always come up with something. He'll create a goal or he'll make a goal himself. And he's been a really... Before he got injured, he was he was at his best. You know, he's, that consistency that he's shown. And that's what you want from, from Celtic players. You don't want players to come in and be great for a half a season and then go missing. And then obviously be, be great for 10 games and go missing. You've got to be consistent. You've got to keep winning games. That's the pressure of playing for a for, for a, a huge club like Celtic. But then when you think of the international scene, when they play Croatia, they play England and they play... The Czech Republic. The Czech Republic. Those games are going to be decided on one moment. And you're going to need that one player to step up. And James Forrester scored many big goals for Celtic. So Steve Clark in his and mind... Scotland. Like, yeah, and Scotland. But I'm saying, you know, yeah. he, he knows when the big moment arrives. Because Scotland aren't a possession-based team. They're not going to have 60% possession. And when you play against the better teams in the European competitions with regards to Scotland, at the Euros, you may only get one or two chances. And who would you want it to follow to? So what you're saying, who's been what you're saying is, Turnbull in the middle, Forrest on the right. Is that what you're saying? Well, Scotland. by the way... Well, Turnbull. the two of them can play in the same team because well, they yeah. did, you know, they did for Celtic, and yeah. I think they will between now and the end of the season. They've got a happy problem now, Scotland. I yeah. mean, we, yeah. we've got options where we were really struggling to find anybody mm -hmm. at times for like the centre back area for for striker, uh, and now uh, we're finding ourselves having to make decisions and options. I mean, yeah. Craig's mentioned the Czech Republic there. That's Scotland's first game, obviously, at the Euros on the fourteenth of June. Uh, you saw them uh, losing to Wales, John, last Tuesday. Yeah. 
Yeah. What, what did you make of the Czech Republic as an opposition? I thought they were a good team. They've got the big lad, uh, Sue Czech, plays for West Ham. He's had a brilliant season for West Ham. Sue Farley as well on the right-hand side was also at West Ham. Um Pro da a uh, pro provod provad, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know he's a decent player as well. So they they're just a really good footballing team. You know they're technically very good. They're very similar to the way Slavia Prague sets up really against Rangers. They got some really good technicians in the team, a bit of pace through the middle, and they cause Wales an awful lot of problems. And it took a really brilliant cross from Gareth Bale and young Dan James, smallest man on the pitch, five foot seven, got. Up brilliant header that won it 1-0 for the Welsh you know but uh, they're certainly a threat you know they're a really good side you know our uh, the Czech Republic so Scotland against the Czech Republic that's the 14th of June then the 18th is England at Wembley uh, Croatia Scotland uh, is the 22nd um, and we are starting to hear more encouraging words day by day I guess about the prospect of fans in decent numbers you know, we're we're not dreaming about a full house. That ain't happening. But a decent sized crowd at Hamden mm. uh, for those games, Crags, which is a, a nice thought. What did you reckon? Ten weeks away. I think the first game uh, against the Czech Republic is ten weeks away, and the second one in Hamden for Croatia is eleven weeks away. You know, when you look at the progress our country has made, our so the country that that I'm living in has made uh, in the last five or six, seven weeks when the vaccine. You can see our country. We're, yeah, no, we just welcomed you in. Just in case people pick me up. But, you know, you can see that the progress the country has made. So you think, what kind of further progress can be made in the next nine, ten weeks? You know, I think it's really hopeful. I mean, I was noting down, 30% would give you 15,000. 50% would give you 25,000. 70% would give you 35,000. So it's really just, I would imagine somewhere around the 50%, you would hope there could be 25,000 fans in Hamden Park. And that would give the Scottish national team a huge lift. That would you could, you know, there's, there's sometimes you, you need things to take you to the next level. And I think the Scotland fans and the backing and the noise and the atmosphere, even 5,000, 10,000 would create. But can you imagine half a stadium at least, Rob, carrying that team forward? It'd be an emotional time for the players, for the country not having been in a major tournament for so long. So many things would just bring the best out in the players and want them to go and kick on. So as much as it's good to have them in, but I think results-wise, it'd be a huge bonus. We were talking there about uh, James Forrest uh, being back for Celtic and the prospect of him being back for Scotland as well. He could be a massive player for Stevie Clark uh, at those uh, upcoming Euros. And remember, it was announced today that Scotland will play the Netherlands and Luxembourg as part of the warm-up for those Euros. That game against the Dutch will be in uh, Algarve and Portugal and then it's away to Luxembourg as Scotland fine-tune uh, towards the European finals um, so while James Forrest was, was starring for Celtic at the weekend Scott Wright was making a big impression mm-hmm. for Rangers uh, as well uh, I think many probably when he came in some as a bit of a bit part player and any impact he would uh, make would be further down the line um, but he's obviously got other ideas himself um, and, and yes you bear in mind the, the, the quality of the opposition at the weekend because Rangers were playing Cove Rangers from from League One uh, but you can only do it depending mm. on what you're up against uh, and Scott Wright certainly grabbed the eye crags and, 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 and there is even the suggestion that he could be uh, uh, making a late run mm. on the stand side for a place in that Scotland squad as well Well I think that's what's exciting that the players in Scotland have something to aim for you think I've got a chance of getting that Euro squad. Scott Wright probably in the back of his mind will be thinking, that's one of my goals in the future. 
but in the near future it's about trying to get as many minutes in the Rangers team and any time he's came on prior to Sunday he's looked energetic he's looked hungry he's had an appetite he's, he's buzzed about you know he hasn't taken things for granted so it was really good to see him start at the weekend because sometimes when players leave a lower league club or a, a, sorry, out with the big two and you join Rangers or Celtic they can't seem to to, to uh, adapt to it quickly enough but he's had plenty of time to settle in no doubt next season he will be looking and thinking that's the season I want to make an impact but his hunger the way he mixed his game up he came short looking for the ball on the feet he had explosive pace in behind I didn't realise he was as quick and watched his movement all over the place and his link up play midfield players giving the ball on the feet he's really someone Rob I think can make a big impact and maybe in the back of his mind he's thinking Euros if I could get three or four league games between now and then and, and, and maybe just you know have the chance of Steve Clark having a little glance at me you just never know but certainly um, he looks as if he's taken on the battle for certainly wanting to be a, you know, a big Rangers player in the future Let's change gear let's uh, change direction we do it fairly regularly on the show and uh, bring Gary and the Gobbles into the into the chat Hi Gary How you doing Rob? Evening guys Hi Gary um, Are you well? Yeah yeah first of all Blatty happy birthday to the big man Oh, oh Don't you yeah. start as well you, I, I know, I know Keep making me blush on the show Gary of his birthday wishes but uh, nobody deserves it more honestly uh, Gary kind but, words mate thank you very much I've, I've had the privilege of meeting you a couple of times um, either through work or I've met you in Dublin a couple of times at charity matches um, mm-hmm. so um, absolutely but just a, a, a couple of points yeah. um, the main points about the dominant McKay and Eddie Howe situation um, and also a, a few players that I want to kind of see what you guys think about possibly coming to Celtic mm-hmm um, Dominic Nakai obviously is coming in early that's the big news of the day and we'll try to get the Eddie Howe deal done um, from what I'm hearing today the, the Eddie Howe deal is going to be done this week but he's not going to be coming in until um, next season which kind of worries me because ideally I would have liked, to have liked him to have took over at Celtic just to I don't mean steady the ship but just with this uh, Rangers Cup clash Coming up, I, I would ideally want a change a, a change in the dugout for that game kind of thing. Mm. The only thing I'm thinking of um, that would be some baptism for Eddie Howe if he was in the dugout mm, for that one. What I'm thinking, <laughs> man- second game in charge. Yeah. Managers as well, Gary. They they can be quite clever, and you know they they can be quite. Um, they want to decide how they want to do things. Uh, Celtic are going after Eddie Howe. Yes, you'll you'll feel it's a privilege to be linked and and to eventually, you know, hopefully become our manager. But he might be in a position, and he's thinking, do I want to be a part of Celtic's bad season this year? Do I want to be the manager making decisions and then lose to Rangers potentially? You know, yeah. he might just be thinking, do you know what? I'll I'll, I'll keep my counsel here. I will, yeah, I'll advise, I'll speak mm. to Dominic Mackay, I'll even speak to John Kennedy, get some advice on different things around the club. But i tell you what I'll do, I'll be delighted to join, but I will join on June the 1st or whatever it may be, or end of May, I don't know. Yeah. So he might personally, Gary, uh, I'm with you, I think it would be great if he could come and, and, and be in, even like... You know, be in the dressing room and give the players a huge lift. You can imagine the players think, "Oh, that's our manager for next year. That's our manager. I want to try and impress him straight away." But my feeling is, if that's the decision, he's not going to do it until next season. Yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm not surprised. 
and he can and he, he can stay out of the front line, can't he? At the moment, yes, he can that's still, my yeah. point. But, but he can but he can still be doing as much as he would be doing mm. if he was in the job, because surely he can be involved in all the discussions that are going on at the moment. He can be pointing the way forward, pointing towards players that he once brought mm. in. That can that can all very easily be happening behind yeah, the scenes, e- even even though even though he's not in the technical it area. Will be. But the point I was making earlier was for players that he might potentially want to keep. You don't really get that vibe unless you're speaking to them, unless you're in the room with them, unless you watch them training, unless you watch their body language and their demeanour around the training ground. So I just thought maybe if he came in early, he might get that kind of vibe. Uh, also, you know, supposed to, to counteract what John said, having Eddie around the dressing room and John Kennedy's in charge might just cause a little bit of confusion. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. So Eddie might think, I'll step away. You know, I, I spoke to you off air, Rob, about the Stephen Gerrard situation. He was mm-hmm. announced as manager. Uh, and and he said, well, I'll start next season. I don't want to speak to anybody. I'm not speak. Sorry, players wise, I'm not speak to any players. No communication. When they come in the first day of pre-season next uh, next season, I'm the guy in charge. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. That's how I'm going to do it. So Eddie Howe may go that way as well. However, he will have to work in the background. There's too many players, uh, too too much um, doubt surrounding players' future. That some may have to go, some will have to stay. So he will have to make big decisions. But also with Eddie Howe, he's shopping in a different market. You know, he bought mm. Dominic Solanke for 20 million. Mm. Celtic aren't buying anybody for 20 million. No. Probably paid him 100 grand a week. Jordan Celtic Nibre. aren't in that yeah. market Jordan anymore. Nibre from Liverpool yes. for 15. You know mm. what I mean? So, this is really how he's going to have to adapt as well. Mm. You know, when he goes speaking to players and asking about wages, oh, we can't pay that. Well, that's what they pay in the Premier League. Well, we're not Premier League club. We're a bigger club, probably a bit, much bigger club, but we don't have the finances due to TV deals, whatever it may be. So, he's, there's lots of things Eddie Howe's going to have to adapt to. But he has to hit the ground quickly. I mean, there's no doubt about that whenever he's going to start formally in the job because what's massive for Celtic next season, well, the most important thing, obviously, is an attempt to get the title back. That That's number one. But also yeah. their their European aspirations, Gary. I mean, you, you, want, you want Celtic to be in the right sort of shape for those European qualifiers, don't you? You want them to be ready to go at that point. And, and that's July we're talking, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you, when you look at, uh, as you say, Eddie Howe maybe coming in the background, being at, at training, but but not so much taking the team. Um, I can understand maybe if he wants to to keep Kennedy in there and just to kind of get a feel for the club, as, as uh, Stephen Craig was saying there. You know, just, just to get a feel for the club and then bring his own people in because I think that's massive for him in terms of taking the job. I know he wants Richard Hughes in as director of football, Whereas Celtic are wanting, they're more looking at uh, Fergal Harkin from Man City. So, you know, I think it's massively important that we give Eddie Howe who he wants in the door to make him feel as comfortable as possible for his starting. I don't think we're a Champions League team, I'll be honest. I don't think we're at a Champions League level. I think Europa League's a level. But obviously, it would be massive um, for us to qualify and get that money in the bank to, to then be able to give Eddie Howe a chunk of it. To go and spend money. I mean, you're talking about not buying players for 10, 15 million. Obviously, we're not going to go down that road. But um, from what I'm hearing tonight, uh, Joshua King, who's who's on loan at Everton, supposedly Everton aren't, aren't going to uh, take up the deal to sign him on a permanent, which means he becomes a free transfer. Now, yeah, him obviously being on loan from Birmingham, you know, 29 years old. Uh, I think he's got 53, mm. yeah, 53 goals for Bournemouth. Um, mm. So, you know, he could be a possibility to, to come up on a free transfer and that would be a massive signing. 
Those are the sort of deals that sound. That sound. Sorry, Gary. Those, I, those are the sort of deals that sound realistic, mm-hmm. don't yeah. they? Free transfers, guys coming to the end of their time, end of a contract where there's no big fee involved. Pay, pay half the wages with, with his parent club. Um, but I think one of the big jobs that Celtic and um, and um, Eddie Howe have to get absolutely spot on is holding on to your best players and then obviously adding quality around them. You know, there's there's been a lot of talk about Ayer, Christopher Ayer. We have a feeling that Edward will leave, right? I hope that he can possibly stay, but will he? I don't know. I'm, I'm edging my bets towards... I'm 80% sure he'd probably leave the football club. That That is just me trying to be as honest as I can. The likes of Forrest, who we've just sort of waxed lyrical about, mm-hmm. the likes of McGregor. Now, these guys have been at the football club since they were kids, right? They've had yeah. unprecedented success and they're still in a position at late 20s when their agents are going, look, you've done brilliantly at Celtic. Celtic have been brilliant to you. They brought you through. They've helped you. They've guided you. You've had massive success there. You look at the situation with Tini. You know, agents will be saying to... to t- uh, McGregor's linked with Brendan Rodgers yeah. down at Leicester all the time. So this is vital that the quality players that Celtic have now, you rebuild around these. That's a big job in itself. Yeah, and it's a big decision to, to, to make that call, isn't it, on who you're building the new Celtic around, the ones you want to keep, the ones you're wanting to let go. You might want to let some go because they're not performing, or you might want to let them go because they, because they don't want to be there, which was something that Neil Lennon, of course, spoke about early on this season. Well, I just wonder then, is it too late? for the likes of Eddie Howe to come in and convince these players to stay. I don't know. When you look at Ryan Christie, who's got what you know, under 18 months left in his contract, Odson Edward less than 18 months left in his contract, Christopher Ayer less than 18 months left in his contract. How, you know, Are those guys' minds already made up? That's the big question. Or, or can Eddie Howe come in in the summer? Is the summer too late to try and convince them they want to know now? I don't know. That's why I was thinking earlier on, bring him in earlier, get to speak to the players, get the vibe, convince them to stay. Jan- uh, sorry, June may be too late. Gary? One more point, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, I mean, players like, I I think Christopher Ayer and and Edward, I I wouldn't actually be surprised um, if they stayed, to be honest. Um, Mm. I don't think neither of them look unhappy. I think Christopher Ayer, the the passion and the love that he shows for Celtic, I think it's all agent talk. And Mm. I think um, whether Eddie Howe can convince him to stay, I'm I'm rejoining the kind of, they probably will leave, to be honest, but... But I, I don't think they'll look unhappy at Celtic. Um, I, I think they could possibly be there next season and, and build that team round them. Hand, hand Christopher Ayer the captaincy possibly is, is kind of bait to, to make him stay. Um, I think they'd be... But I think also like players like Elian Rousey, I think it's vital that we, that we try and do everything to try and get him mm-hmm. um, to, to stay as well for next season. Obviously, that's down to Southampton. They want to have a look at him in pre-season. But, you know... Players like that out that, that you want to kind of see stay at the club. Gary, you've made some really good points. Good to have you on the show Cheers, as ever. Gary. Thanks, Gary. Cheers. All the best. We're talking football till seven. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
Yeah, Tuesday night on the football show from Glasgow's own Go Radio. Plenty going on today and presumably uh, you've been catching up on it in the last little while. Uh, quite a few stories developing in the course of the day. One of them uh, sees Dominic Mackay uh, joining Celtic early as uh, Chief Executive Officer. He's going to be in there in a couple of weeks' time rather than uh, the summer, which was the original plan. Uh, James Tavernier signed a two-year extension to his contract at Rangers. Uh, the skipper is now with the club uh, till 2024 Rangers will kick off against Celtic in the Scottish Cup last 16 at 4 o'clock a week on Saturday Uh, that's the way the timings have come out today as the TV companies sort out who is showing what Scotland will play the Netherlands and Luxembourg as part of their build up to UEFA Euro 2020 20. Um, and the other story that's been developing in the course of the day, one of the many today, is that uh, UEFA have opened proceedings against Andre Kudela of Slavia Prague and Glenn Kamara of Rangers after that Europa League encounter and uh, the allegations, of course, of uh, racist abuse. Um, now, on uh, the back of... Uh, of that story, there's been a statement issued just a short time ago. This is breaking news. Uh, Glenn Kamara's lawyer, Amir Anwar, has been having his say. And what he said is this. The initial one-match ban to Kudela uh, does little to instil confidence in UEFA being serious about stamping out racism in football. Well, that was uh, exactly what we were talking about earlier on in the show. The defence put forward by Slavia Prague uh, says Amar Anwar um, can only be described as incredible or fantasy. Uh, He says Andre Kudela has been provisionally suspended for one match, uh, UEFA beginning disciplinary proceedings uh, against him. Um, He will not now be playing in that Europa League match uh, against... Arsenal uh, Police Scotland investigations are continuing as well and uh, Glenn Kamara's lawyer uh, Stephen Cregan saying pretty much what we were saying as well that it's time for UEFA to get serious yeah stop dancing around the edge of the situation you know you have to get stuck into it they will have the evidence in front of them quite clearly you know his uh, Glenn Kamara's lawyer is saying that they have the evidence and, and for them to come up with a one game ban and we'll see where it takes us basically is absolutely outrageous if the, the uh, evidence that Rangers have handed in with uh, Zungu, who was next to Glenn Kamara, then, you know, it, it has to be, has to show more leadership. Yeah. You know, how else are you supposed to get rid of racism or sectarianism if you just continually dance around the edge of it and don't actually get into the heart of it and make an example of someone who has said the wrong thing and yeah. quite clearly has meant what they've said? The fact he's not playing in that Arsenal game uh, points out uh, Glenn Kamara's lawyer means that Police Scotland won't be able to question him on Thursday with regards to the, to their uh, criminal investigation against him. Um, Amar Anwar understands that uh, Police Scotland have a sufficiency of evidence to proceed with charges against Kadela uh, without the need to speak to him. Uh, he goes on to say, while UEFA have carried out an initial investigation uh, which makes damning reading uh, about Kadela's conduct, the initial uh, this initial one-match ban does little to instil confidence in UEFA uh, being serious about stamping out racism in football and they must take robust action going forward. The defence put forward by Slavia Prague can only be described as incredible or fantasy 
fantasy. He goes on to say, a one-match ban will make no difference whatsoever to Kudela or Slavia Prague, who were already claiming he was too ill to travel to Arsenal. A one-game suspension smacks of tokenism and gives little confidence uh, to black players who face such vile abuse. The overwhelming evidence against Kudela means UEFA must take immediate action to punish him robustly for the crime he is accused of. A full statement will be issued uh, once we have had the opportunity to consider the findings of the initial investigation. Uh, And being UEFA, John Hartson, we won't expect it to proceed too quickly. Well, I'm absolutely gobsmacked. I really am. UEFA find him guilty and they ban him for one game. One game. If he's guilty... Well, it's, a, it's a provisional um, well, punishment, give, well, though, they shouldn't it? ban him at all, then, if they don't think that he did anything wrong. Why, why give him a one game? What's that for? Because yeah. if, he, if, he's, if he's not guilty and he hasn't done nothing, then don't ban him. Don't even give him one game. They clearly think he's in the wrong to ban him for one game. But that's embarrassing. Yeah. If he's in the wrong, he's just, that's ten games. Yeah. And that's what, absolutely disgraceful from the, UEFA. And what the ban means, of course, is that he doesn't travel mm-hmm. uh, to Arsenal. It stops the no, that Police, has, that police Scotland having over, the chance yeah. to, to, to speak to him. Over, Rob, but, yeah. but then he wasn't coming anyway because you know there were allegations that he was that of ill health that he wasn't going to make the trip in any case. It stinks, mate. It absolutely yeah. stinks. The whole thing stinks, as I said earlier. You know they found him, um, you know, guilty of doing something wrong with the one game. It's pathetic. Because why? Why have they given him one game? That doesn't. That, that punishment doesn't fit what what he's allegedly done. But they found him guilty, so it should be ten games. He played against Sports, Wales, didn't he? Set a president. Yeah, he did, he did play against, he Wales. against yeah, Wales. John, John, John watched him, yeah. which was under the banner of UEFA. Yeah. So set a president for yeah. anybody else who, who does this disgusting things on the pitch. You know, showing racial abuse and everything else. There's no. There's no place in the game for it. I tell you this. This program goes far and wide. Uh, let's talk to Paul, uh, who's on an oil rig in Denmark. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi. How are you doing? How are you doing? You all right? All give, right give, us, give us your exact location. Uh, Esberg in Denmark. Okay. It's, uh, it's a small harbour town in Esberg uh, in Denmark. Sorry. But you're from Dundee, yeah? From Dundee, yeah. So I'm here working just now. So yeah. Good man. What would you like to to say or to ask? I was just obviously uh, I just followed up the social media. I was just uh, a question for John Hartson, just asking him about uh, some of his goals he scored over his career. Oh no! Oh, are you Paul, sure? Are you Paul, sure you want to Paul, go down that road? Paul, how long you got? Oh, we've only got twenty minutes, Paul. Yeah. So and that's just for <laughs> yeah. that's just for one goal. That's <laughs> uh, just for the ones against Rangers. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just just what's your what's your best goal you scored in your career, and probably when when what's also the most important in terms of you know what it's what it's meant to you know. Qualification, or you know, well, I think someone. I think the goal, Paul, in uh, in uh, Celta Vigo, um, Celta yeah. Vigo, because we lost the game, um, we lost the game that night. Uh, but my goal, where I um, I sort of backed in, and I I turned and hit it into the corner. Um, I think we lost the game two one, but we won the home game one nil, which. Which meant that we yeah, went through goal, on yeah. the away goal, mate. Yeah, and I think that that goal took Celtic beyond uh, into Europe, beyond Christmas, I believe, for the first time in twenty years. So, in terms of big goals and, and big moments, um, what it meant to the football club financially for the fans to continue beyond Christmas, that was no doubt the biggest goal I scored. Um, 
but it, it goes without saying, you know, the Liverpool goal for me um, was probably the best moment I had in a Celtic shirt. My parents were there behind the goal. UEFA Cup quarter final took us into the semis, made it two 0 yeah. with quarter of an hour to go, and um, and I didn't score many outside the box, so I don't, I still don't know where that come from. But I just just got my head down and smacked it, and two goalkeepers wouldn't have saved it, Paul. Yeah, it was some strike. I think they're still repairing the net at Anfield after that. <laughs> yeah, you give it a hell of a thump, it has to yeah. be said. But that was, that yeah. was probably my best, my best moment. But in terms of importance, I thought the European goal, what it meant to the football club, do you know? Yeah. Great yeah. bit of commentary on that goal yeah. Anfield, I seem to remember as well, to be honest. Um, do you have a favourite, uh, uh, Paul, of, of John's um, goals? I don't know. I think Liverpool, the Liverpool one's obviously a big one. Um yeah, there's, there's probably loads of probably a lot of these goals against Rangers. I always felt the fact that you know Rangers had allegedly sort of said said no to Harrison because he's you know they didn't think he was fit enough. So I just felt like he just always popped up with big goals against Rangers. He just seemed to do it quite quite often. So any goal against Rangers, then yeah, that's good with me. But yeah, there's probably loads of them really. One when he scored against Hearts at Parkhead as well in the half volley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like I think that. I think that sort of won the league for about one year as well. But yeah, there was there was quite a few, but probably any goal against Rangers, I'll take that. No, obviously, you know, having been turned down, you know, by Rangers, they had the chance to sign me and uh, it didn't happen. And then through the grace of God, then I get an opportunity to go and join Celtic. Martin O'Neill was, was massive in, in terms of my signing at Celtic. He believed in me. He believed that I would get through the games and I ended up playing 230 games for Celtic. Never missed a game through my dodgy knee. Okay, I had two back yeah. operations. But... Um, no, as I said, uh, the big goals came, but I had two decent players alongside me as well in Sutton and Larson. So, you know, they, they would have played a big role in in a lot of the goals that I scored. You know, and vice versa. Paul, yeah, what, what do you, what yeah. do you make about what's happening at Celtic at the moment? Um, what are you what are you thinking? How long's left? How long <laughs> you got left on I, I can give you four uh, minutes, <laughs> starting now. Uh, yeah, uh, do you know what? It's I uh, think it's. You know, everybody's talking about Eddie Howe coming in, but until he's actually, you know, signed and it's it's official, then I don't really buy into it. You know, because it's I just don't. Mm. It's the same when they say you know players are coming through the door until you actually see them in the ground with a scarf above their head. Yeah. Um, but I think it makes sense for Dominic Mackay to come in now. I think there's too much to be done to wait to the summer. I think obviously, hopefully, the, within the next couple of days, you know, I've got a, an official message that there's a manager coming in. And there's a lot of work to be done, isn't there? The last guy was saying there's, you know, countless players going back on loan. You know, there's players that possibly could leave that are big players. You know, players that are sort of first names on the sheet every week. So there's a lot of, lot of work to be done. Um, who, yeah, would, who would you but, see as the who would you see as the backbone of the new Celtic team? Who would you be keeping? Who who would of who's there at the moment? Who would you still want to be there, Paul? I think I think you've obviously got to look at the boy Chris Iyer, just because obviously he's young and obviously every time he plays, you know, he, you know, that's something the boy said before. He's there's a lot of digging on him. He's all looks, you know, he looks like he's always fighting for a, a bit of a cause. And then obviously you've got Carl McGregor. You know, I think they get Carl McGregor for me is just. I think he's he's underrated at times. I think a lot of people just, you know, he just goes about his business on the yeah. park and does it nice and nice and neat and quietly and whatnot. So I'd like to see him. Obviously, James is, Jamesy Forrest is back, which I think, you know, a lot of people are going to stick, whatever. But I think we've certainly missed him massive this season. There's no, no yeah. two ways about it. 
And um, they're pro- they're, those two are probably in the same category uh, as well, Crags, aren't they? Callum McGregor and James Forrest, and that they've been there for a long time, yeah. and you tend to take them for granted what, what they contribute. Yeah, well, I think James, for- uh, James Forrest is the one over the last four or five years people have taken for granted, and suddenly he's got that five or six months out of the team. And people actually realise how valuable he is. Not just in his, his creative player, the spark that he brings, but his big goals and big moments when the games are tight and the games are compact. You know, it's, it's just interesting touching on Paul's point about Christopher Ayer. He's got, come this summer, he's got one year left. Mm. And if he doesn't sign a new contract, I'm not too sure Celtic can allow his contract to run down and no. leave for nothing when they can potentially get 10, 12, 15 million pounds, which they can then give to Eddie yeah. Howe or whoever the new manager is. Paul. Would be, uh... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's another. That's where yeah, they're kind of caught in between. That as well, do you know? It's, yeah, and Ryan Christie's you know, they're, another they're one. They've done the same with Beata. Yeah, you know, Christie. I mean, for me, Christie's good, but yeah, I mean, you obviously want to keep him, but you know, if he goes, he goes. You know, yeah. I, I don't. I think he could be replaced. Yeah, um, but I'm just talking about resale value. You know, you know, money yeah. that can be invested back into the club. These guys can't be allowed yeah, so. to let their contracts run down. Yeah. There's too much money sitting yeah. there to waste. I, I think as well. I, um, I think as well, Paul. I think it's the top end of the pitch as well. Uh, you know, it, it, oh, it, it, yeah. it, it looks worrying because if if Edward goes, we don't know. You know, will 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 Eddie Howe ever comes in? Uh, will he fancy Lee Griffiths? What's Lee now? Thirty-one, scored a lot of goals for the football club. There's talk about him leaving, joining Scott Brown at Aberdeen. I don't know them. These are rumours. You know, well, so yeah. we got then from there. You got Ayeti, Ed- Klimala. Yeah, they not really. And I mean, people might say, well, Klimala's still young. He's work in process, but oh, he's been at the club three years now. Mm. You know, Ayeti. Yeah. Ayeti's probably started. I don't know. I'm guessing. How many goals has he got this season? Five or six? Yeah. Four or five. Yeah. yeah so, you know, that, that would be worrying for me because goals win your games. You know, goals get you up yeah, the league. 100%. You know, you that's, can talk about the McGregors the and, well. and the Forests and, and, and these types and the Turnbulls. They're great at creating, but if you ain't got a striker there that can... We've spoken about three or four yeah. at Rangers. Yeah. If you've yeah. not got a striker there that can produce 30 goals a season when you're at Celtic, then, you know, you, you, you're yeah, not going to progress. And as, the, and as this, this yeah. conversation unfolds, Paul, it just tells you exactly how much mm. there is to be done in a yeah. very short space of time yeah, by Celtic you, exactly you, case, you, yeah. you will hope and all Celtic fans will hope that there is lots going on in the background that we don't know about uh, towards building yeah. for next season I think I think there will be I think you know the board Celtic board got a lot of stick and sometimes that's slightly so but I think there's you know there'll be a lot happening that we don't get to know about um, you, you'd hope mm. so that's what you kind of hope on anyway so fingers crossed that the, you know the work is going on and you know the rebuild starts now there's no point waiting to the summer for me. It needs to start now. You know, it needs, the manager needs to get a look at who he's got and you know what they're capable of. And yeah, it needs to start now. You can't hang about and, and then hope for the best. And so, plus you've got the Euros, so that could put a delay on signings. You know, mm-hmm. players and whatnot playing at the Euros and you know not wanting to speak to anybody until they're done. So yeah. that can that could hinder you. Well, you, know, you need to get going now. That's that's my. What is it you do on the oil rig, Paul? Uh, as little as possible <laughs> good answer <laughs> what, what are you meant to be doing then uh, I'm finished now um, I've just this me done for today so back again tomorrow morning at 8 um, I work in it's, it's oil and gas it's uh, I'm not even bored with the details because I, I probably don't even know myself what I do so <laughs> that's probably that's probably that's probably the best way to put it so how often, okay. how often do you get on Paul do you do a couple of weeks away uh, or? I, I'm four and four, yeah. So I'm four right, weeks okay. here and then four weeks back home. So it's not too bad. Half the year off. So. And it's a quiet four weeks back at the moment, isn't 
Uh, well, well, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> okay, you're being uh, very conservative with detail, and maybe that's just as well. Uh, but it's good to have you on the There's show. Not celebrate, is there? No, well, not at the moment. Not but a uh, fun. yeah, no. exactly. Uh, good to hear from you. Take Cheers, care of yourself. Paul. That's, uh, yes, that's Paul on an oil rig uh, off Denmark uh, from Dundee and a worried Celtic fan. More football chat on the way. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Thanks to Chris for the travel throughout the show. We're into the final segment. Lots been happening in uh, Scottish football. For one thing today, we found out when the next round of the Scottish Cup is going to take place in terms of days and kick-off times because, uh, well, we've just come through a four-day Scottish Cup weekend Friday in Dingwall to Monday in Dumfries uh, was how it went in the third round. Fourth round, of course, is the last 16 and it starts with a, a Friday night game, a week on Friday for Dundee United at four for Saturday lunchtime. Hibs are at Stranraer from League Two. The three o'clock kickoff Saturday in the Scottish Cup: Motherwell, Morton, St Mirren against Inverness, Cali Thistle. That's a good tie. St Johnston against Clyde, Kilmarnock against Montrose. That could be interesting as well. Montrose doing pretty well in League One. Uh, Rangers against Celtic. We've spoken about it already in the show. Four o'clock on Saturday, uh, and then the cup concludes on Sunday afternoon with uh, Aberdeen against Livingston. Also today, it was announced that Scotland will play the Netherlands in Portugal on the 2nd of June, four days later in Luxembourg. Uh, those two games as part of Stevie Clark's build-up to the Euros. I wonder if Nathan Patterson uh, might be part of that squad by then, going into the Euros. Um, he certainly made a big impact in a short space of time, but of course uh, could have a ban coming his way after that well-publicised breach of uh, COVID uh, regulations. Uh, it wasn't just he, of course. It was Zungu Basi, uh, Mabute and Kinnear as well with the five involved. Rangers have appealed against uh, the initial punishment, which was a six-game ban, two of them uh, to be suspended till the end of the season. Here's Stephen Gerrard. Uh, it's something that we're still discussing at the moment. We're obviously um, in talks with the SFA for, for another date. The reason being is the obvious reason is we think it's harsh in terms of what went on on the night. I think everyone assumes because of what happened to Jordan Jones and George Edmondson that everything's the same, which isn't the case. So we think it's um, a little bit out of sync. We don't think everything's been taken into consideration when you're talking about the boys in terms of age and uh, how damaging it can be for them and their careers moving forward now. Talking about one of the brightest prospects ever uh, in terms of right back. Th- this kid's going to go and play for Scotland and all of a sudden you know, the SFA want to ban him for that long. I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. It would initially uh, be a four-game ban, two games uh, suspended. How damaging is that, Stephen Cregan, for for instance, for Nathan Patterson? Well, first and foremost, Stephen Gerrard said that both incidents uh, sh- shouldn't be compared. And, and I have no idea why. I don't know what the situation a was. A breach is a breach. Yeah, well, I, well I, I'm just saying I don't know what the difference was between Jordan Jones and George Edmondson and, and Nathan Patterson and his uh, the guys he was with. So I, I can't really comment on why they're different. He didn't explain it. But first and foremost, we can't get away from the fact that it was a it was a poor decision that he made, considering that the, some players at his club had been punished for, you know, mixing with people. They shouldn't be mixing with, you know, getting together in a house. So is it age? I don't think age can be taken into it with regards to the decision that he made. It does seem a bit harsh to give them six games. 
But then George Edmondson and Jordan Jones and we said, well, nobody stood up for us when we got seven. Yeah. So until we actually find out the facts and figures of what went on and why, uh, there's no doubt, you know, to back him up, he's a terrific talent. He's going to be a big player for Rangers in the future. Uh, he will be eventually one day a Scottish international. But sometimes... Um, you have to take your punishment, whether it's four games or whether it's not. But certainly, Rangers are adamant that it's not, and, and they must have a case to go and fight with the SFA. So we'll have to see what the outcome is. And presumably, Rangers think it wasn't the the massive error of judgment that we're all assuming it to be, because we all know the rules. Well, of course, and if if you if you break the rules, or if it's if it's a breach of regulations, and you're not meant to be out, um, you know, then. I don't think the SFA will budge. I think they made their decision. Um, I think it'll be a sign of weakness if they do. Rangers, of course, and Stephen Gerrard, all right, that's their opinion. They feel it's very harsh. Stevie's right. You know, Nathan Patterson is, is a really, really good player. You know, he's a bright prospect. And, you know, if he wants to think it's harsh, then that's his and Rangers' opinion. That's why they're going to appeal it. But you can't have rules for one and, and rules for others. So that's why I think that the, the, the banning of the players and the suspensions of the players, I, I think it, it, it'll, it'll take place. I think that'll be the case. Because if they decide to, to, to lessen it now... Are they going to do that for then in the future for every case that they find? Yeah, you need consistency, don't you, you do. in the in the whole decision making process and the dishing out of punishments as well. And according to Stephen Gerrard, uh, Stevie Clark has a pretty strong interest as well in uh, Nathan Patterson not missing games. I know Steve rates him. It's, you know we've had a discussion over Nathan. He's based onto the scene, and he, you know he's played against top individuals and he's played in top games, and you can see that there's a talent and potential there. And in time, it's only a matter of time before he becomes an international. Of course it is that's not putting any pressure on the player but then decisions are down to, to Steve and whoever manages Scotland moving forward and it is a position in the team that could do with being strengthened I mean uh, Stephen O'Donnell has done really well in that right wing back position for, for Scotland uh, Liam Palmer has played sometimes but there's no doubt that, that Nathan Patterson even at the age of 19 has made a massive impact well, he has. Uh, I don't think Steve Clark can get involved in disciplinary situations. Though. <laughs> don't think so. You no, know, you know. But ultimately, yeah. you know, he will be thinking. Well, if I had any potential of taking him to the Euros, this could rule him out because the four games missing yeah. gives someone else an opportunity. So that will be a frustration for him. So again, that's a private conversation we don't know an awful lot about. But there's no doubt that Scotland. You know, it, it is good to see that now there's there's gaps starting to be filled. You touched about it earlier, but the top end of the pitch of Jim Forrest coming back, potentially somewhere along the line, Scott Wright coming in there. Uh, David Turnbull being available Ryan Gold is another one I've seen today somebody talking about he's out of contract in the summer you talk about Rangers and Celtic looking for talent for free looking at you know, the market they're shopping in is that someone they would maybe have a look at so with Nathan Patterson coming in at fullback suddenly everything's starting to be beefed up and there now looks as if there's a squad there that won't just be around for one tournament Rob that you would hope be hopeful in the next six or eight years that there can be another couple of tournaments to back up this Euro campaign and I think certainly you know from the outside looking in it must be exciting to be a Scotland fan thinking we've got proper talent coming through here who can manage them and lead them forward and Nathan Patterson will certainly be at the forefront of that What we found out over the weekend of course was that uh, Rangers will play Celtic a week on Saturday in the last 16 of the Scottish Cup um, everyone always wonders if they're going to be kept apart in the draws and it's going to be eventually a final in the competition it's not going to be this season it's going to be played a week on Saturday it's a it's a four o'clock kickoff and and well it's it's always a, I just don't go with, with those who say meaningless match at times about the Celtic and Rangers for me and I'm sure John for you that played in it never anything like it and certainly really significant this one isn't it because because 
how badly do Rangers want the league and cup double? Uh, and Or how badly on the other side of the coin do Celtic want to end the season with something, with, sil- with the, silverware? They'll want to finish on a high, of course. They've been, they've been thumped in the league. You know, it's been it's it's been a really really poor season to say the least, uh, an embarrassment. A lot of Celtic fans have felt embarrassed by you know by the gap in terms of uh, losing the league, and you look at it as well. A new manager coming in, Scott Brown's potential last game for Celtic. Uh, the way that he's led the club, and um, you know Rangers Celtic have just got Rangers will feel they're inferior at the minute. Because in in the three games that they've played this season against Salah, they've 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 won two and drawn one. They've got the huge point gap, and Salah have to make sure that they they stand up to be counted on the day. They match Rangers, and they've got to go and try and win the football match. And let's not forget, both clubs went out in in the League Cup. Rangers lost to Saint Mirren, Salah lost to Ross County. So don't think whoever wins this game, yeah, they have a huge chance of going on to win the cup, but it's not a gimme. You know, you've got to take care of every game. But certainly Celtic will want to go out on a high, in particular the way that the league campaign has gone. Plus, it's played to a finish. There's yeah. no replays, forget this, it goes to extra time, goes to penalty kicks. So you can't help but think, because the teams are so evenly matched, certainly in, in, in the last two old firm games have been evenly matched, you'd imagine there's every chance this game could go right to the end in penalty kicks. Do Rangers uh, go in to that game with a, a bit more relaxation about them in that it's mission accomplished in terms of the main point of the season for them has been achieved and they've won the title by by a country mile? It, it, you know, I don't think I don't think they'll be relaxed, Rob. I think Steven Gerrard will drum it into them. Let's go and win the double. It's yeah. another trophy for him. And he's he's in charge. Yeah, but, what, but whatever hap- what I mean, I suppose, is whatever happens in the Scottish Cup, it's job done for Rangers this season. They, well, they've, they've won the league at Acanta, but they'll still want to go and progress and win a double. A double sounds better than just winning the league. Um, so they'll be determined to, to try and, and get the double. Um, Steven Gerrard's second trophy that would be in three years. He'd be delighted to do that. Celtic have an onus to try and stop them. You know, Celtic would, they've been, they, they might end up trophyless um, this season, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's a case of on the day, these games, it's a cup match. Um, and as I, as I feel as if I'm repeating myself, they'll want to finish the season on some sort of high, mainly for their supporters as well, who've had to endure a really, a, a really poor season from them. John Hartson, thank you very much indeed. Stephen Craigan's got his jacket on already, so I take it you are leaving. I take it you have had enough. In fact, that's all we do have time for. Thanks a lot, Craigs, to you as well. Thanks for listening. Good to have you with us on the show. We are back tomorrow, of course, as ever, between five and seven. It's Barry Ferguson and Leanne Crichton with uh, Paul Cooney tomorrow night, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.